0: any real fan of r kelly wouldn't let that scandal stop him because if you was paying attention to his music all these years you might have seen it coming like i did (laughs) go ahead roll that video yeah Make Say roll around sitting on doves, can my hours, was high on shrubs, cooling in my escalade Man I'm paid, I got it made, take me to your special place, close your eyes, show me your face I'm gonna piss on it <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want one of the above, I want to piss on you I'll be on you, I'll on you Said your body, your body It's
1: a portal party And my P.I. kid I'll be on you I'm gonna
0: be on you Be on you, it's on you, it's on you You're the same when you get a whip of my Hershey stains. I want to pee you too. I want to pee in your food. Only thing to make my life complete is when I turn your face to a toilet seat. I want to pee on you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'll pee on you. I'll piss on you. Hate. lovers wanna love, I don't even want none of the above, I want to piss on you, yes I do, I piss on you, I pee on you, won't you break my head?
1: Kelly can make a
2: love song about anything, can't it? The mixtape preservation society. I am your host, BJ Fornicati. What's going on? It's uh, BJ Fornicati. It's about that time for the Mixtape Preservation Society. This is Hour 13, Episode 13, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Lucky 13, whatever. What you're listening to right now in the background is the John Spencer Blues Explosion, a song called Greyhound, off the legendary and classic Orange album. The drummer for the band actually lives in Indianapolis. They're on hiatus right now. And I've seen his other band, Service, S-E-R-V-I-C-E, with local bass legend John Zepps, And they uh, play around town. And I think they're in the the studio working on something. Uh, Russell's a really low-key kind of guy. He's he's very mellow. I want to approach him to be on the podcast, but I don't want to come off as, like, uh, pushy about it. That's how mellow he is. But I, I've always liked the John Spencer Blues Explosion. They just got some some great music. The guest on today's episode is a friend of mine, a local musician named Evan Shine, who's done a lot of things uh, locally. He's got his hand in a number of projects. And what's great about these podcasts is I'm getting to know people that I thought I knew fairly well. I'm getting to know them better. The revelations and the honesty I really appreciate. Uh, these people open up to me and let me know what they think and what they feel, and they tell me a little bit about themselves. And I'm always afraid that I talk too much and then I'm talking over these people, and this interview is no exception. I think I go on about myself for a while, but I think that's part of my MO unconsciously. I don't write questions down. I don't prepare a theme for any of the podcasts. I'm trying to preserve the spontaneity of the actual interview as much as possible, I'm trying to take out the stuff that doesn't lead anywhere. and It's it's hard to understand where I'm coming from unless you've actually been there during the process of the interview. Uh, A lot of them take place in bars and restaurants, so there's things going on around us that don't necessarily make the cut. Unfortunately, he had a bunch of gigs planned uh, like the next night after we did the podcast, and since this isn't a live podcast... I wasn't able to promote them properly so you'll hear him mention some gigs that he's got coming up and they're already passed they're gone luckily he's still working on a lot of stuff and does a lot of weekly stuff as well so if you're ever interested in hearing what Evan shines up to you could probably look him up on Facebook I gave him the opportunity to give me a link and he declined saying that he took something down it just wasn't working he didn't like it so I think I might have caught Evan at a transitional moment. Hope to have him back on the show in the future. But before we get into the Evan Shine interview, uh, another legend has passed away. Some of you out there might not agree with my assessment of legend here. uh, Because it was one of the rappers from 2 Live Crew, uh, Fresh Kid Ice. 2 Live Crew are kind of a joke to a lot of people. But before all that happened, there was a time when the 2 Live Crew were a serious rap group, and they tried to do serious rap albums with hints of adult humor. You know, the first 2 Live Crew album is no masterpiece, but it's an old school classic, if not for the 808 bass alone, and for other aspects. You know, uh, one of them being that Fresh Kid Ice is one of the few and first Asian rappers. Chris Wong Wong was his real name but rest in peace Chris Wong Wong when you're a kid when you're a teenager and you grow up listening to rap music it's it all sounds revolutionary it's only when you get older that you realize that you've outgrown some of it and so listening to some of the cuts now it's kind of embarrassing I wouldn't necessarily show it to my kids but then you find like these cuts like the one I'm about to play where you think hey man that's a good jam that's an old-school jam got some good bass you could dance to it this is what rap used to be about this is what two live crew used to be about before band in the usa and you know me so horny and as nasty as they want to be before all that took the focus away from hip-hop two live crew once upon a time they were the two live crew they were two live first album two live is what we are so i'm gonna do a little tribute to chris wong Wan, and then we're gonna get into the interview with evan and that's going to be a two parter, so we'll conclude that interview next week. So just sit back and enjoy the Mixtape Preservation Society MPS, episode 13. I'm BJ Formicotti, taking you on a journey, girl. A journey.
3: Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Forget that old dance, Ed.
1: Let's dance.
3: a brand new dance and it's coming your way. It was started in Miami, by to get a DJ. Say some call it nasty, but that's not true. It's just the only dance that you can do. Cause you need a sexy body, make your partner come alive. If they can't do that, don't even try. So get yourself together and learn it quick. Just get on the floor and When I went to Miami, couldn't believe my eyes This female was throwing, wanted me to try If you don't know how to do it, here's what you must do Just listen up close, I'll explain to you Just jump in the air And when you land, you whine like you just don't care It's all in the hip, so go berserk and let dead. Do the work. So while it's working, you better start stroking to show your partner that you ain't joking. Cause this ain't a dance from Mother Goose. Better freak your body and turn it loose. Cause when you're on the floor, you don't give a sh-. All you wanna do is... d
4: d d
5: thop
2: everybody how you doing i got here a friend of mine evan shine we're here at the Northside tilted kill and uh, we're about to get something to eat and drink and uh evan is one of the regulars at the fam jam on wednesday nights at the mousetrap i did a podcast there a couple weeks ago and does other stuff around town as well he's a musician and We've jammed out a couple times, and I asked him to be a guest on the podcast, and he said yes, so
4: how you doing, Evan? Very good. You just got done rehearsing? Absolutely. Um, playing a gig tomorrow at the Monkey's Tail from 7 to 9 with the Bulletproof Soul Band. I'll be sitting in playing guitar with them. Wow, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow from 7 to 9 on the deck.
2: Might not go out until after the gig or whatever. Okay. So, uh, well, I hope it went well I, for anybody
4: that attended. <laughs> well, do you have another gig coming up? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be at the Mousetrap. Um, well, actually, Saturday, sitting in—not a paid gig, but sitting in um, with the uh, Fam Jam Weekend edition. Oh, okay. Got that going on this Saturday, and then Sunday I'll be filling in for the Flatland Harmony Experiment uh, while they're out on tour hosting their Open Bluegrass Jam. Anybody's welcome. It's a really relaxed. Um, kind of an informal, um, all levels of skill welcome. It's actually where I uh, where I kinda got my wings and learned how to play a couple of years back with other people. You've been, you're obviously
2: involved with a lot more projects than I, than I could've even surmised. I mean, it, it reminds me of when I was back in LA. Mm-hmm. Like I was just constantly playing just for fun, for free, paid, you know, uh, out here in Indianapolis, like how you know how much of that is professional and how much of it is just for shits and giggles.
4: So the Bluegrass Jam, for example, I, I'm a regular out there. Um, you know, I um, I will sit in. You know, even if it's uh, even if I would never make another cent off it. Uh, same thing with the Fam Jam or the Jazz Night at the Mousetrap. Um, same thing for some of my solo stuff. Um, you know, in in the, the Bulletproof Soul Band, I have a lot of fun playing with them as well. Um, but it's, 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 it's a pretty... Uh, I'd say it's about a 50-50 mix. And, and it's, it's like anything where the gigs that I have have stemmed from the times that I've sat in and just played for fun. For free. Right. So, like, it's it's a good investment of your time. Yeah, yeah sometimes it doesn't feel like it. You know, like anything <laughs> else. Um, you know, it, I, I think I'm one of those people... I went through a time period where I just wanted to play music, and that was, like, all I did for a little while, and it drove me crazy after a while. I don't think I could ever be one of those guys who just plays music. I mean, by all means, I'd love to tour to, um, you know, uh, to, to get involved, you know, on a, on a little bit deeper level, but uh, but I, I, I have many things that... Right
2: on. I like well, I think the other things keep you sane, too. mm mm-hmm. um, uh, I've done like small tours, and then I've all I had a gig once as a manager for a company that did school assemblies. <laughs> they had access to
1: um,
2: performing acts that were on Hollywood Records, which is like the Disney. Uh, and this is before like Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana blew up Disney Records, you know. Like so, before you know, it, there wasn't a lot of respect there. Like it was mostly bands that. Ended up like as the filler tracks on like the soundtrack of a Disney movie, you know. And and so I was their manager. I had to drive the band. They gave me a credit card, and I was having more fun than the bands were because they all designed morals clauses. They were just holed up in their hotel rooms, waiting to like talk to radio stations and do assemblies at junior highs. And
4: morals I, clauses?
2: Yeah, uh, because they're with Disney, they have to sign a, cl- a morals clause. They they can't be caught like out in public drinking or smoking. One of the guys in the band, I won't say his name, but the band's not around anymore anyway. They were like a boy band. Mm-hmm. And when we went to New York,
1: uh,
2: I was going to go out. like The next morning, they had a they had a, an assembly at a junior high, so they had to go to sleep early. Mm-hmm. I was going to go out, take the van, meet some of my friends in the village and in lower Manhattan. And we were going to party and everything. And one of the guys knocks on my door and he's like, hey man, take me with you into Manhattan. I'm like, dude... I don't know if I could do that. He had been caught uh, in L.A. doing body shots with, like, a woman. Uh, and he got reported on Rick D's gossip show. Like, Rick D's was a big DJ out in, okay. in L.A., Kiss FM. Rick D's the guy who did Disco Duck in the 70s. Like, he was sure, a big sure. personality. He got replaced by Ryan Seacrest when Clear Channel took over and all that. But anyway, so this guy was kind of on the outs with his label, with Hollywood Records. And... He's like, take me to, man, I got to meet this girl. And I'm like, dude, you got in trouble for that. I don't know if I could do that. He's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out at her house. We're not going out. I promise, man, I'll be ready to go when you're ready to go. How late are you staying out? I'm like, I'm going to be out all night, dude. So he's like, he's like, come on, just come on, do me the sauce. So I'm like, all right. So he rode with me into town, and we were like bumping Jay-Z and talking and stuff. And I'm like, well, how'd you end up in a boy band? And, man, I really wish I was doing a podcast back then. That would have been a great interview. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just that ride from from the Long Island Marriott to downtown uh, in Manhattan. And then I, I dropped him off and hung out with a bunch of my friends. And then around four o'clock in the morning I kept trying to call this fool and he wasn't picking up his phone. And I was just calling him for like half an hour and finally he picked up his phone. I was like, sorry man, I fell asleep. And we, we hightailed it back to Long Island in time for the gig, and you gotta remember though. I mean, this was a week. This was a weekday and a weeknight that we had been out, so there was like morning traffic. So we had to cross all the bridges, and we barely got to the hotel in time. And luckily, there was another road manager there, and he's like, "All right, you you guys just crash out in the van. I'll I'll run the show." You know, uh, so that's the morals clause. It's something that keeps you from having fun. You know, to me, it's it's really sad, like to be an entertainer, but you gotta watch yourself. You know, you're holed up in the hotel room. You're not allowed to have any fun. Your road manager's out drinking and smoking and spending your perine money. You know, that's me. Which was you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a great, I had a blast. And and, uh, and so that, doing that mm-hmm. kind of always made me in the back of my mind realize that the grass is greener, that you see these Absolutely. people. Yeah, they're going to different cities. They, they're getting groupies. They're they're having fun, but they're also on the verge of a nervous breakdown constantly, and it's there's no time to rest. One gig's done, the next you're on the you're on the bus. It might be a nice tour bus with all the amenities, yeah, yeah. but but you're not getting much sleep, and then you get there, you get there, you get to some obnoxious radio station in the morning. You got to deal with some shock jock who wants ratings. Yeah, it and that was back in like '99, so like you know 2000, so. That, that was a long time ago that's when I kind of made up my mind that I didn't want to be that I just wanted to have fun with it and I've gotten some good gigs out of it but yeah I, I hear what you mean man like if that's all you do you either have to be so committed like you are born to do it yeah, or you're gonna go nuts and
4: you need other things what are some of those other things that you do besides to music? To so, um, so I enjoy mountain biking. You know, that's a, that's a big thing for me. Um, you know, a lot of physical exercise, swimming, weightlifting, um, etc. Um, enjoy to read quite a bit, and um, you know, I uh, <laughs> my nine to five I get a little bit obsessed with um, metaphorical nine uh-huh. to five. So okay. Like your daily routine? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm in sales as well. I'm a freight broker. Okay. Um, and basically, it's a very like uh, kind of a addictive reward based uh, system where okay. that's really a, that can be really fun because it's a lot of immediate gratification. Where uh, musically, you know, you spend years working for this one moment and it either comes to fruition or it dissolves. Right. Um, so it's. Um, it's it's very rewarding to like kind of a kind of um, pull the uh, pull the metaphorical slot machine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. So like in ten years, you don't necessarily see yourself as like being a musician, but playing music still.
4: I see myself as um, somebody who will continue to grow and progress in their instrument and basically push it technically um, as far as I can go. Um, I. I my goals musically are to be able to hold my own um, with basically any any jazz musician in the city or in the nation, and that that takes a lot of time and dedication. Uh, my goal is not necessarily to to put out a hit record or to write a great song or be famous. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's more just to be able to have my instrument as a second voice and to be able to um, to use it as a means of communication with other yeah. people.
2: guitarist you told me that you got into you got into guitar because of rap music or you got into music in general yeah yeah like you was dr dre and stuff <laughs> Absolutely. And that. How, how old are you and like what was it? Uh,
4: about uh eight, eight or nine years old and I picked up the guitar at 11.
2: so okay so you're eight years old which Dr. Dre song did you hear, or like? What was the song? Uh, Dre day.
4: Dre, yeah. Dre day.
2: Now, were your parents the type of parents who were cool with you listening to yeah. gangster rap, or so?
4: So, um, so I think my, my dad was very busy. Uh, he he was home every day, but he was very busy working, and I think he was too just uh, he, he, he working and um, also a politician, and he was basically you know focused on what was in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, on the other hand, she was uh, very very involved with my day to day life. Um, you know. Uh, baseball practices um taking me to and from different functions and uh i I would listen to rap music in the car and she was supportive of it um her style was more if she shielded me from um from different things now she had her limits you know she she went about it in in a constructive way but she felt that if she sheltered me then I would just go crazy with whatever it was as soon right. as uh, as soon as I had the opportunity. Right,
2: but and that's that. a smart tactic for a parent, you know. As a as a son of an eight year old, yeah, like he's not listening to anything too crazy yet. But I'm definitely trying to k- keep abreast of what he's listening to, and I think about like when I was his age. The thing, you know, I had a very strict household where mm-hmm. they didn't tolerate us listening to NWA. Sure. You know, uh, 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 how old are you again? Thirty two. Thirty two. So I'm like. I'm 11 years older than you. Okay. By the way, one of the rappers from the 2 Live Crew died today.
6: Did
4: who? Yeah, Which one? Uh, Fresh Kid Ice. Okay, not familiar with him. He was but... the Asian guy in 2 Live Crew. The, exactly. the Asian rapper. Interesting.
2: Yeah, he he died. and so, uh, Did I they tr- say of what? Well, they just said a medical cause. They haven't said what exactly, but he had something wrong with him. In all the videos and on the album covers, he had his arm in a sling. You know, kind of like type, DJ Paul. Yeah, I'm not sure what DJ Paul's condition is, but he has some type of disease that, like, I think is paralyzed Mm. or something like that. So I don't know if that's related to it or not, but, uh, you know... Two Live
4: Crew was as raunchy as it got, and absolutely that—that that was one where my mom cut the line. Right. She saw that she very, very protective about like weird, uh, you know, sexual innuendo. Right. That—that was—that was kind of her. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, there, there was a, there was a limit then. Okay. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And and that's what brought it up in my mind because uh, <laughs> you know I remember I remember playing Two Live Crew for friends of mine, and they were just shocked. They just couldn't believe that you know, they thought Public Enemy was hard enough, you know, that that was edgy. And then I would come through with, like, and this is even before Me So Horny came out, like, I would be playing, like, the old, like, I was just into that stuff. I had an older brother who listened to rap, and so I would kind of, like, gleam off of him. And then growing up in a kind of like a poor neighborhood with a lot of blacks and Latinos. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to it very early on. You know, I'm assuming you were like middle class. You know, you said your dad's, yeah, a, uh, dad's a politician. Middle middle
4: upper class.
2: So what was so like something like Two Life Crew was edgy on the rock side. Was there anything that your
4: mom was not into, like? No, that like, wasn't. That didn't seem as bad. I mean, like, I had like a Slayer, very. Did I, yeah, I love Slayer. Yeah. Absolutely love Slayer. Um, no, because uh, you know they, they, they weren't really. It wasn't a religious household. Um, I, I, I grew up. Um, she converted to Judaism um, when she married my dad, and basically, I, I never had a bar mitzvah. Basically, it was my choice whether to do so or not. So she was always very, very like free about, um, you know, you're you're free to choose your own higher power. So your mom's a um, shiksa. She she she's not Jewish, your mom. She she is. She, she actually is, converted. But yeah. she's
2: not like Jewish by by, by blood. National, by she
4: death. went through the whole thing where where you okay. have to um there there's a whole lot of process. So I'm confused. Process. Like
2: like, it, does that mean that
4: you were Jewish then? Yes. Okay. So yes. The, I always thought it had to be through blood. No, the, okay. the, the mother can convert, and then technically the kids Jewish. It's whether or not the okay. mother. So um, I don't know all what she went through, but basically, like you have to learn like however much Hebrew. Really? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's like really intensive. Wow. And, you know, she did that, um, which I thought was kind of cool, but she never pushed on me what to do. So so the rock stuff. Um, I, I mean, I went through like my my little phase where I listened to like Cannibal Corpse very briefly. I wasn't a big thing. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of it. I don't think it's. A, you know it's uh it's not my cup of tea right. but um thoroughly enjoyed bands like pantera the, the first show i ever saw was corn and rob zombie
1: really um, yeah. Wow.
4: yeah She she actually took me there me and a group of friends nice now <laughs> yeah that's cool now, how are the moral clauses with uh, <laughs> with with my past history for this podcast you know how, how deep well, do, I, do i go here about well. <laughs> took me to that uh corn and uh rob zombie show and like you know it sounds nice and wholesome <laughs> but you know she was driving a car full of teenagers that were cracked out of their minds on speed to this show and uh she didn't basically know that, did she? uh i think i've told her about it we're pretty open about that whole thing yeah. but you know i had a um i had basically like a 13 14 year stint from uh the age of, uh, 11 to 25, where I ended up um, getting clean and sober because okay. I was a really, really bad, uh, bad drug addict. Wow. And uh, that, uh, through that process, uh, I've gotten to the point where I meditate for five, ten minutes in the morning. That's also awesome. kind of center so. Wow! And it's interesting too. I was just
2: talking with my co-host on last week's podcast about my acid experiences. Cause mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Uh, but he, he'd never done it, so he was curious. You, you have to. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that's what we were talking about. I told him, you know what, if you don't feel the need to, don't do it. Because I've seen too many people <laughs> who, like... I, I've never seen anybody, like, lose it and burn out and have a bad trip. Oh, I
4: have. I've, I've heard stories, too.
2: sure. You know, I, it's, it's to each their own. Like, for me, like, he was wondering, because I told him that I, when I first did it, it felt like deja vu. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you have deja vu for something you never did before? I'm like, it just—that's what it was. It just felt like I'd always done it. Like I'd always been aware of this type yes. of reality. But Speed's a different beast, though. Like yeah, what yeah. I've noticed with speed is it hits kids young. Like it. Because like, the Adderall.
4: Yeah, you know? it wasn't like methamphetamine that we we're taking. Right. It was somebody's uh, somebody's ritalin. Right, know? right. Some
2: something prescription. Right. It hits some real young and girls, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the weight thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And in L.A., it's really bad. Oh, like, I'm sure. But in the Midwest, too, you know, it's, it's, it's a different beast out here. And that's one of those things, like, I, I I, mean, I had my brushes with other substances, but speed was never, like...
4: That wasn't my thing, don't get me wrong. That right. just an example of, you know, like, uh, what uh, what listening to rap music at eight <laughs> years old could actually do. To you. Well, that, that's... Nothing an, to do with that. that that's an interesting kidding. point, because
2: some people would say, oh, yeah... You know, my my kid was a good kid before he started listening to that music, and then I would have started, figured it
4: out one way or the other. You right. know, honestly, you, you have to do
2: it your own way. Yeah. And, I mean, did you get? I mean, would you hit rock bottom, or was it just a point where you're like, I refuse <laughs> to go further, and I got to do something now?
4: I sold some coke to an undercover cop. And, oh. Uh, <laughs> caught a couple of felonies. Oh. And, uh, you know, uh, basically, um, with your time. Well, here's the thing. So with my dad being in politics and the help from like many many other people, like I, all I did was two days in jail without snitching on anybody, without Mm -hmm. um, you know my grandma put her house up for bond like eighty. So basically, um, you know, I went through this this thing where like I thought I was invincible and I was still using out on bond, and I just kind of hit this revelation. You know, those kind of signs help, like, the fact that, like, I was just, like, had every opportunity in front of me, but I was still, like, just being a complete idiot, Um, you know? Well, I mean, if you look at it from the disease concept, you know, a sick person, but when I look at it now, I was like, man, I was insane and crazy. (laughs) Really dumb. Yeah. And, um... Basically, uh, I just had this revelation one night. Um, I was uh, it, it wasn't like anything terrible happened. Um, I was in a uh, halfway house apartment um, using the uh, like the synthetic marijuana, the spice stuff. I don't know. If yeah, you remember I remember. That. But I remember basically, that. you know, so you don't get drug tested. And uh, I was I was uh, smoking this fake weed, and I just had this revelation that either my life is going to go in this direction, you know, or in this direction. And I'm never, worst case, best case scenario, I just never accomplish anything. Worst case, I die or go to prison, which was, you know, were right. pretty close. And um, I just kind of made a decision then. You know, I'd had a lot of seeds planted. Obviously, I was in a community that was supportive. of and enabled you to see that. Yeah, yeah. It was like enough. So, like, I do a lot of volunteer work, you know, like with. Um, so, are you the
1: one running that
4: you The poker? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Does a lady on the phone want to
3: speak
2: with you? Uh, what's, do you know her name? No, I didn't ask her the name. Okay. Uh, Give me a
3: second. Yeah, I'll be right back. Uh, Jerry,
5: trying <laughs> 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 wow. to get me do
1: this. Hey, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Who is it?
5: Police officer, open the door. It's the grass. It's the bus. up What are we
1: going to do? Who's behind us? man, let's <laughs>
6: And the passion and the magic in the air. The flabbergasted avalanche of ambulances near. The labyrinth of pants lab is adamantly here. No assignments, book of rhyming, and I'm drawing doodles. I should rhyme, rhyme, we're rhyming noodles. Rhyming dawn, I'm the dawn of the diamond jewels. Find a finding a way to kindly tell these toddlers toodles. And I'm a kamikaze and I'm kinda cuckoo. I could write a fucking book. Nah, You niggas goofies, it's a conflict that is kind of crucial Caught you on a nine and all blue, yelling I'm a neutral But I'ma let the bull pass like matadors Versus a minotaur, versus a metaphor Metamorphosis and I'm a fucking animorph I used to go to school with Anna Fideli and Danny Ward Remember, I used to pay with the bad ones to my grandmama told on a grandson. side. Mama said that I was way too handsome to be throwing the hands such breaking walls like Samsung. But I'ma throw a tantrum till I'm on every Samsung saying, yo, a handheld, a handgun. Please put your lighters up till life is up. And light it up and slice a cut. The night is young, it's nice enough. Nicest blood, the nicest stuff. My niggas out here trapping a lot. I know you think you want to hide Reggie Sax in your socks. I ain't with niggas so jabbing a job. 24s for 15s, yeah, my nigga, we be taxing a lot. Only the goofies, though, choking on the doobie, though. My eyes doobie low, two pee roll. Remember days of the roofie, yo. Remember the days of Chipman and the Skeeter Man. Bang, ain't the little Beat and bang or the Peter Pan? Ah! Nigga, I burn I, I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn, I, I burn. I burn too many brain cells down to be worried about my brain cells now. Nickel! I burn too many brain cells down to be worried about my brain cells now. Now, now, now. I burn too many brain cells down to be worried about a brain cell now. Ah! I burn too many brain cells down. Down, 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 down.
2: Sorry about that. Um, it was an important telephone call for me. Damn yeah, radio callers. <laughs> like I was just talking with somebody on on Facebook. I was trolling a bunch of people on Facebook because all these people love the Goonies, mm-hmm. and I don't love the Goonies. I'm not that into the Goonies, I never the movie. That. Okay, so the Goonies is basically about a bunch of white kids in Oregon who have adventures, mm-hmm. and like there's one token Asian kid, no black kids the one Mexican person in the whole movie is the maid. And she's like the butt of some of the jokes, right? And so, like, here I am, meanwhile, me and my cousins and my friends, we're already having adventures. We're playing capture the flag, we're going to the park, and, and, like, playing tag, and we're doing all sorts of stuff, having, like, our own adventures. You know, meeting unsavory characters who chase us out of the park, or, like, uh... One time we we ran into a homeless Indian guy
1: who uh, my cousin Tony
2: caught a garden snake and we he he, he prepared it for us. He cooked Oh no way. It. Yeah, on a spit. And he gave us some a bit to eat. Huh. He mostly did it because he was hungry. You know. <laughs> but like so you know, I'm having all these adventures in my life and then this movie comes out and it's like and it's kinda like really like kinda not, 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 compared not,
1: to
2: Yeah, it's it to me it's it's kinda It was more about, like, oh, Hollywood got it wrong. Less about, like, oh, I don't see myself up there. More about, that's kind of lame. Sure. You know, just a little cartoony, aimed at kids. But, like, I guess I'd outgrown that by that point. Like, Mm -hmm. I was into Spielberg and George Lucas stuff. It was aimed at me, like, in the early 80s. But by the late 80s, when Goonies came out, I was kind of over that. And I was starting to listen to gangster Rap and Ice-T. Sure. And W.A. and... too Short All that stuff Too Short was just In town recently Oh was he Did you yeah. catch him No I uh, I decided I was gonna Not watch Too Short In case Something better Came down the pike mm-hmm. I mean I love Too Short But I, I it's never Been my dream To see him live Maybe if he Passes away I'll regret it But last year I saw a Rock Him And mm-hmm. to me It's like Okay I love Too Short Don't get me wrong But Rock Him's like That's an opportunity To see someone Truly great and I, I did it and he was late he showed
6: up like like
4: after, always like yeah. a typical hip hop artist yeah you know
2: I think a lot of to do it getting paid I think that they're afraid that they're gonna get jerked around with their money and so they they show up
4: at a certain time I think it's an ego thing honestly. you think so? yeah I saw a walk of all people walk a flock of at an electric forest festival a couple uh, weeks back and they kept doing this thing where they're like seconds in, 30 seconds to walk and 30 seconds to walk and it's like dude it's been like 5 minutes that's not 30 seconds yeah. and I said I'm like what are they doing because they just like kept blasting random hip hop music over the, the PA and um, you know they're getting everybody hyped up and I'm like man what's he, what are they doing he's like yeah he's just being a hip hop artist you know like, so <laughs> I my theory is somebody you know a, a lot of and and it's unfortunate a lot of you know people not just musicians and not just rap artists think i'm the greatest thing that has ever come along and these people are all here to see me and they all love me and like you know i'm the greatest thing ever so when you have that mentality it's like oh you know just smoke one in the limo make him wait you know then he goes out there and just you know all this crazy energy it sounded terrible but i'm like man he's crazy like he, he put on a good show. Sure. I only watched two songs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think if a band a uh, group plays indie, I think I think in the back of their mind that they want more out of it. Maybe by waiting, they're keeping pe- they're getting people crazy, so that when it po- pops
4: off, they're just over the top. Indie's a weird market. <laughs> it is. You know, co- cover bands uh, do pretty well here. Uh, <laughs> people people love their but covers. But it's
2: not pay to play. <laughs> LA is pay the play. Okay, I like the indie scene for that reason. Yeah, because it's they actually pay you for your time. You know, like seriously, like if you were in LA, the the ratio, and that's why I was asking about like yeah, how yeah. well you do because that ratio would change drastically unless you're like in an established band. Sure, you're going to be doing more free gigs for quote unquote exposure, and you're going to get less of those paid gigs because everybody in their mind mom- And then that's the thing too is the music scene in L.A., (laughs) everybody wants to be an actor or in movies or on TV. So, like, even the musicians will sell out the band to do a movie. And they can't understand why someone like Jared Leto is in, like, his band. Or Keanu Reeves is in his band. Like, why are you in a band? You're an actor. Why are you doing this? (laughs) They don't understand that, like, these guys actually love music. (laughs) And and that's L.A. for you. Whereas out here, something like the Fam Jam in L.A., uh, would be almost impossible to pull off. Uh, I was talking with somebody who had gone to the Fam Jam, and they had a bad experience. They felt like it was the Mikhail show, you know, Mikhail ah. Robertson. And I, and I was like, yeah, I, I could see what you mean, but you also have to understand that, like, it's a job to these people. Absolutely.
4: They can't just let anybody up on stage. No, no, them. no. I, my, my roommate, <laughs> oh, well, soon, soon to be app's roommate, uh, got up there once and just he didn't know what he was doing and he completely dropped the ball and you know they they asked for another bass player wow (laughs) and uh i mean it was embarrassing but like you know i i feel like having those moments where i had one yesterday i went to a friend's taekwondo class for the first time never done taekwondo in my life i don't think i'll go back just i wasn't it it, it didn't seem like i have enough discipline things in my life between work i'm in school uh sales you know, um, all these different things that I don't want another discipline thing. Right, where it, and it's a little it's, pricey. Well, it's not the price. I, I'd rather do yoga or something okay. that kind of like you know is more centering. I'm sure Taekwondo is centering. Yeah, but I felt yeah. so uncomfortable doing it. He's he's like a black belt, like really established. Is you it know. Master Yu? Is it uh,
1: that one?
4: No, I think Master Choi. Okay, uh, I haven't. I haven't.
2: My son's going to Taekwondo. Okay, and he loves it but they had us do like a class for father's day like How'd for that go? june i actually dug it but you got to understand i'm out of shape yeah i am i am completely out of shape i hate exercising because you know i mean you you keep <coughs> active so you never fall out of it if you ever fail out of it it's hard to get back oh, up, I'm sure. up on the pool yeah i am
4: i'm, I'm, I'm kind of sick right now and uh, just today i went swimming and i'm like man i, I need to just take a right and, and but compared it's to me spaghetti. you're like in perfect physical health <laughs> If you're already doing
2: something, like you said, if you're centered already and you've got like... So,
4: too many things.
2: Yoga and you've got a job that challenges you and you're, you're learning, you know, a, a, a hobby like with guitar. Yeah, you, you've got a pretty full plate there. For yeah. someone like me, it would actually be a benefit. And I'm thinking about taking the class next year because I don't do anything like that. I don't, I don't get any meditation. The closest thing I get to like meditation is like editing this podcast.
4: Oh, really? I, yeah. I do it every day. I I, I it, really? sometimes it yeah uh, for at least 5 5 minutes in the morning uh, How long have you been meditating for? Um, for a couple of years. I I've, I've got a in, very interesting uh past. Um, you know that that <laughs> I got to hear this. <laughs> Well, have time. It's so, like 6.30. So, dirty, so. so to, to finish up on my thought, you know, uh, the, the Taekwondo, I was uncomfortable. I think that, um, you know, I have to have these situations where I'm so uncomfortable and just push through it. And that, I don't care to do it again. But with music, with uh, yoga, with school, like, I, I've just, you, you've got to fail and fall on your face and have somebody say, hey, we're going to get a different bass player up to actually get through that and to, to gain some confidence, sure. like, you know, because, or else, like, you know, it, it just feeds into the to the way that you know uh, it, it's the, the trap of just you know having everything nice and easy and sure of, you know my experience with the fam jam was when the
2: first night I did it I, I actually got nervous oh, I but but you you know once I did it I remember thinking that was a little short I mm-hmm. think they shorted me on time and then when I saw the video and saw how long it was I'm like no, it was just... It was half an hour. I was just in the zone. Right. It was. It, was, it had washed over me. And during the time, <laughs> I was going through a divorce. <clears throat> so that first year I started doing the fan jam was very important to me socially. Sure. To just go out there and just do it. And like, yeah, if I felt like I messed up one week, it just that feeling of like, I need to do this for myself. I owe yeah. it to myself. And now it, the importance of it isn't so much. I still like it, but like last night... I could have gone, but instead I put out last yeah, week the yeah. this week's podcast. Oh,
4: very cool! You very know, cool. so I've
2: got something now that's more my speed. You know, any issues I have with the fan gym are strictly, strictly my own particular taste. Oh yeah, it's got yeah, Nothing yeah. to Absolutely. do with the setup itself. I really admire Sean and Richard, Eric, Kyle. What they have to do, you know, it's a job. Everyone thinks they're just having fun, but it's a job. Oh, it's it, yeah. You know, I hear those conversations when, when like, you know. Like oh, I gotta go up there. Okay, you know they no, they, they would much yeah, rather yeah. just like hang out.
4: I I uh, when I when I host the Bluegrass Jam, I get the same. Like don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'm I've made it to a point where I'm like filling in for like you know some of my local musical teachers and heroes. But by the time it's done, I'm ready to go home. Um, you know it's it's like getting off work.
1: Yeah.
4: And uh, last night, uh, amazing amazing jam I played in. Uh, Eric Hamas, um, who, who's, who's a close friend of yours as yeah. well, um, uh, on bass, Eddie Roosevelt's from uh, Bad Dagger, and uh, Jason Gregory from uh, Audacity. I think Gregory is his last name, but uh, we just... It, it, it was one of those that I'm really excited to see because it just came together. Yeah. Um, you went somewhere with it. Oh, it just- absolutely. It was amazing. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: The fucking D double G Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg. Da, 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 da. You know I'm with the D-O-E Yeah, yeah, yeah You know who's back up in this motherfucker Motherfuck, motherfucker Motherfuck. So break the weed up then Break that, that, that shit
3: up, out. nigga Yeah, stop Snoop Top down, them up, nigga, burn the shit up DPGC, my nigga, turn that shit up. CPT, LBC, yeah, we hooking back up. And when they bang this in the club, baby, you got to get up. Love niggas, drug dealers, yeah, they giving it up.
5: the motherfuckin' D.R.A. Dr.
6: Dre, motherfucker! You know I'm mobbing with the D.O. Devil G. Straight off the fucking streets of C.B.T. King of the beach, you ride to him in your fleet. Look, the veal rolling on tubs. How you feel, whoop-de-woop, nigga, what? Dre and Snoop, chronic down in the lag. With Doc in the back, sipping on yak in the strap, dipping through hoods, pump hood, compining, Long Beach, Inglewood, South Central, i in the websites. west side This California love, love, this California bug, got a nigga gang of I'm on one, I might bell up in the century club with my jeans on and my team wrong. Get my drink on and my smoke on, then go home with something to poke What's on, up, Locus on for the two triple O coming real, it's the next episode. Episode, Episode, Episode. Hold up, hey, for my
3: niggas who be thinking we soft We don't hey we gon' rock it till the wheels fall off Hold up, hey, for my niggas be acting too bold Take up see hope you're ready for the next episode, hey
2: Don't forget to check out the MPS blog and also Smoke weed every day at www.fornicati.blogspot.com.
0: I can't believe this is actually happening. R. Kelly actually sent over the, the Piss On You remix. What? I'm serious. For real, look. No, man, I don't do this. I'm gonna hit y'all off with a little taste of the remix. Y'all ready? Here we go. I pick you up from the club, take you home to make some love. Got a surprise, close your eyes, I'm gonna cover you in sucks. I'ma give you some poo-poo I'ma give you some pee-pee I'ma give you some doo-doo I'm it down with some wee-wee This is the remix edition Of a song about pissin' I got the food and rickin' And, drink and there's juice in the kitchen Yeah That's how it goes at the R. Kelly party I sip Chris You drink piss I want this on your remix You I'm serious. I really do want to piss
2: on you. We'll take a quick commercial break. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mixtape Preservation Society. I'm your host, B.J. Fornicari.
6: service of chemical bank and insurance company policies. Our operators are masturbating right now but your call has been placed in a bucket of stomach fluid and will be attended by a double talking robot approximately 70,000 years from now. Please note that your personality may be monitored to improve our ability to ruin your life. Please vomit in a cup if you do not want this to occur.